0: Hey Frontier Church, well, we're done with phase two of our relaunch strategy and here we are still doing Saturdays in the Spirit. So if you guys remember, the plan for Saturdays in the Spirit was to only practice it while we were doing micro gatherings. But the feedback from all of you guys has been like really, really, really super clear. I think I've received more feedback on Saturdays in the Spirit than on my preaching. I had one dude, a close friend of mine in the church walked up to me before service on a Sunday a few weeks ago. And he pointed a finger at my chest and he said, If you are even thinking about discontinuing Saturdays in the Spirit after micro gatherings, let me be the first to club that thought to death. Keep doing it. So, we're going to keep doing Saturdays in the Spirit. So, a quick note before we start praying tonight. Tomorrow we're going to begin a 12-week sermon series on First John. It's going to be awesome. It's been a while since we've spent a sustained long chunk of time in a single book of the Bible which is our characteristic cadence at Frontier. And one of the main topics that John is concerned about in his letter is the topic of eternal life. He's pastoring these little house churches around the Ephesus area in Asia Minor, and they're going through a crisis, and people are leaving the church and panicking, and John wants them to be reassured that in Christ they have eternal life. So we're focusing on eternal life in our prayer tonight. And we'll pray through it in three different movements. Rejoicing, repenting, and remembering. So, before we start praying, go sit somewhere comfy. Pause the podcast if you need to. Find somewhere comfortable to sit. Make your iPhone silent. Get out your journal or not. Stephen Kerr, one of our elders and a certified chump at Frontier Church, let me know the other week that he's not a fan of journaling and that he's way too cool for journaling. So if you see Stephen tomorrow, make sure to give him crap for that. So journal or don't, it doesn't matter. You don't need the journal to get the most out of the spiritual practice, but make sure to position yourself to get as much out of this time as possible. The burden is on you. Because the real good of this spiritual practice is not the words that I say, but the silence where you actually make contact with God in prayer. So, as we launch into prayer tonight, just draw your attention to one phrase from Jesus in John 6 about eternal life. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Explore that phrase a little bit. Look at it from a few different angles. Just ask God questions about it. Just draw your attention to that one phrase right now. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Notice the fact that Jesus uses the present tense to describe when we have experience of eternal life. When we believe in Jesus, we have present tense, we have right now, we have right here, we have eternal life. It's not just waiting for us in the future when we arrive in heaven rather when we enter heaven the eternal life that god has already given us in this lifetime will continue and be perfected and this has huge implications but the biggest is that eternal life is something that god intends for us to experience right now so begin to simply rejoice about this guys if you believe in jesus no matter how easy or difficult your life is no matter how painful or painless your life is, no matter how gifted or ungifted you are, no matter what family you come from, if you believe in Jesus, He has already given you eternal life. Rejoice over that. Just spend time in the presence of God, shouting glad shouts of joy to Him, sending Him praises, filling your heart with thanksgiving to your Creator and Redeemer for this. So let's transition into a time of repentance now. The fact that Jesus is our eternal life right now, it's amazing news. But it also means that we probably have some repenting to do. And we have some repenting to do because we often live as if something else is the good life right now, rather than Jesus. All of us have a vision for the good life that, in some measure, is competitive to believing that Jesus is the good life. And the simplest way to identify what you really believe eternal life right now is, is to just fill in the blank with these next few questions. If I finally got blank, then I would finally have the life I wanted. Or if I knew how to improve blank about my life, then I would finally have the good life. Or, if I lost blank, then I could never live a rich, full, meaningful life. Whatever you fill the blank in with, if it's not Jesus, that's your functional idea of what you really believe eternal life is. If you're like me, then you have some repenting to do. I have to think that if I could just find like the magic multivitamin or the right massage tool that could finally heal my chronic neck pain, then I could finally have the good life. So you can be honest about this too. And the reason you can be honest and repent of this stuff is because Jesus has already paid for your sins. So take a moment to simply repent of whatever you fill in the blank with. Guys, the last thing we're gonna do in our prayer is simply remember the gospel together. The gospel is the good news that Jesus was crucified for our sins and he clothes us in his very own righteousness. And so we inherit eternal eternal life simply and only through believing in him, right? This is the claim of John six. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life, not by works of righteousness, not by works of the law, not by effort, but by simply believing in Jesus, you have eternal life. And I think there will be a day when we stand before the Lord and give an account of our lives. And if you're a person who you feel overlooked or common or normal or unremarkable or ordinary, you might feel embarrassed about that. You might think it's the people who live legendary lives of accomplishment and relentlessly pursue health and wealth and prosperity, and whose faces occupy magazine covers, whose incredible amounts of cash flow allow them to follow their wanderlust to the rarest places for the rarest things, whose Friday nights are spent clubbing at the world's envied bars. You might think it's them who will have a lot to talk about with Jesus as they give an account of their lives. But guys, while they recount all of their amazing accomplishments that made the world fawn over them, I think Jesus will say to them, friend, you lived a boring life. The best, richest, fullest, most hedonistic, most pleasurable, most joyful, eternal life is with Christ. And so it may just be that the ordinary employee with the 9 to 5 work day, the stay-at-home mother who gives her life to her family while her friends are out partying, the single man who struggles with sexuality but commits himself to singleness for the Lord's sake, or the faithful but average church member who's overlooked by the pastor. It may just be these people. If you believe in Jesus, that one day Jesus will look at you and say, Friend, you lived life to the fullest. You have eternal life. So just spend some time asking God to help you remember the simple gospel of Jesus. amen. Guys, I'm so psyched to start First John with you guys tomorrow morning. No pressure, but I suggest preparing yourself by reading the first four verses of First John tonight. Regardless, keep praying for church tomorrow. When you come to church tomorrow, you're going to be surrounded by people who are all chasing eternal life in Christ. That's why we do church. We come together to share the experience of eternal life with one another in fellowship, in the preaching, in communion, in the singing, in the liturgy. Fight to experience eternal life, fight to experience joy, satisfaction, delight, and happiness in Christ alone. And if God gives you a word for somebody in our church, find them before or after the service tomorrow and share that word with them. Guys, I love you. I'll see you tomorrow.